Today's New Testament reading is the Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Thomas Stark, from Zion Lutheran Church in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. It is a very comforting fact that one of the first things Jesus does after dying for the sin of the world on the cross and being raised for our justification is to send out his apostles to forgive sins. Hear Jesus saying, My saving work is finished. I now give you my Holy Spirit to deliver the benefit of my life, death, and resurrection to all nations. Take. This is my gift of holy absolution to the world. Give it to the world. Unlock the door of heaven for the whole world by releasing them from the chains of their sins, by delivering the peace and reconciliation to God that I accomplished by my life, death, and resurrection. From catechism class, you know that these words of Jesus are also called the institution of the office of the keys. Our catechism states the office of the keys is that special authority which Christ has given to his church on earth to forgive the sins of repentant sinners, but to withhold forgiveness from the unrepentant as long as they do not repent. After our gospel lesson is cited, we state, I believe that when the called ministers of Christ deal with us by his divine command, in particular when they exclude openly unrepentant sinners from the Christian congregation and absolve those who repent of their sins and want to do better, this is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ our Lord dealt with us himself. Well, let's first take to heart, if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. This strikes many as harsh and judgmental. Yet we must go with what comes out of God's mouth and not what sinners think is good or loving. 
So why would a called minister withhold forgiveness? Why would Christ's church bind a person in their chains of sins and thus lock the door to heaven? Because Jesus never says that it's okay to keep on deliberately sinning. It is therefore loving to warn the unrepentant that they are not forgiven as long as they do not repent. The keys work with the goal of repentance unto life. And while a Christian congregation can't see repentance, we look to the fruits of repentance. Good works and confessing the truth are bound to follow true repentance, which is sorrow over sin and faith in Jesus. Absolution is for those who repent of their sins and want to do better. And this is why faithful pastors never commune those living in unrepentant sin. So repent if you have excused your sins or the sins of others. Repent if you think you're not that bad. Repent if you think Jesus gives you a pass for whatever sin you are tolerating. If we hold on to whatever sin it may be, if we defend our sin or think sin isn't a big deal, we should rightly feel very uncomfortable, for we have traded the truth for a lie. Yet it is indeed very comforting. It is the truth that one of the first things Jesus does after dying for the sin of the whole world on the cross and being raised for our justification is to send out his apostles to forgive sins. He wants all to repent and believe the good news. The Father sent the Son to die for the sin of the world. Jesus came and lived a perfect life in our place, and he died for all of our sinful ones. He wants the whole world to hear this good news, that all sins have been nailed to the cross and buried forever, including doubting God's word, self-righteousness, abortion, cohabitation, and homosexuality. The truth is that Jesus speaks to us today, using the voice of a called minister to say to us, Peace be with you. I forgive you all your sins. Think of how comforted the disciples, especially Peter, who denied Jesus, must have been to hear that Jesus wasn't mad about their sins. Think of how comforted Thomas was after being forgiven for his rank unbelief. Thomas denied the truth from God's mouth, but he was forgiven and believed and confessed the truth. What comfort to see the risen Lord. What comfort to touch and see his hands inside and so be comforted that he did indeed die for all sins. What Easter comfort that the Father accepted Jesus as the sinless sacrifice good enough to pay for all sin and sins. This means for you, me, and all. It is comforting because it is the truth. The Holy Spirit gathers us each Sunday in the church and Jesus says, Peace be with you. The keys to heaven are exercised here and the gate is wide open for you by the forgiveness of sins. We actually are given something in the church. We are given the benefit of the work of the risen Lord who overcame sin, death, and the power of the devil for us. We may not feel forgiven, but we are. You are forgiven. Stop doubting and believe. Our Lord and our God comes and serves us His hands inside in communion for the forgiveness of all of our sins. We are given through word and sacraments, the Holy Spirit, faith, and the forgiveness of sins. What we hear today in the church that all our sins are forgiven for Jesus' sake is just as valid and certain, even in heaven, as if Christ our Lord dealt with us Himself. These wonderful words from the mouth of Jesus are written for us. We should read, mark, learn, and take them to heart. For these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen. We thank Pastor Thomas Stark from Zion Lutheran Church in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, for today's meditation on God's Word.